Do you remember when you were little and you just wanted to sit and be around to listen to grown folks having grown folks conversation? Well, that's exactly what you're being invited to do today. Let's go. Parts Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor. And thank you so much for joining me for our chat today because you know I love it when we chat. And today I'm starting a kind of cool new series, something that I'm really bringing to you by demand because I've gotten lots of requests to have conversations about motherhood and things related to motherhood. So this is the first entry in the motherhood conversation series. I have a special guest on the show today. She is an entrepreneur. She is a mother of four and she provides a luxury photography experience, preserving the memories of expectant mothers and their families. She's located in the Southern Maryland, Washington, D.C., and Northern Virginia area, so basically what we refer to as the DMV. And as a luxury maternity photographer, she has a lot of experience in working with women and parents to really capture all of the excitement of becoming a new parent and motherhood, fatherhood, parenthood, uh, the experience of breastfeeding, the big bellies and the curves that come with all of pregnancy. So today we are just talking about our experiences. It's just a chat. You're going to listen in. We're going to cover a lot of topics from the motherhood experience, the experience of teenage motherhood, the experience of pregnancy loss and rainbow babies. And so if you don't know what a rainbow baby is, that is the first child that you have after a loss. Uh, We're also going to talk about breastfeeding and uh, it's just kind of a cool chat. So listen in, get comfortable. I'll kind of interject in between <laughs> some of our, uh, our clips from the conversation just to check in with you, but get comfortable. Here we go. Today, I am bringing you someone who um, has started her own business. She is an entrepreneur, but she also has the understanding of what it's like to be a mother, a working woman, to have all of these experiences while you're trying to do your own thing. Do you, I'll, I'll let you say your name. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Ambria. I'm um, a motherhood and maternity photographer based in the DMB area. Yes. And I found her, I'm trying to think how I found, I think I found you through an internet search and then I started following you on Instagram so I could see all of your work. And then you followed me and I was like, oh, I really like her. Yes. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I was like, oh, a lady parts doctor. I have lady parts. Let me follow her back. Um, and then how this particular topic came up, what we're talking about today, I did a piece or I was quoted in a piece for Oprah Daily about rainbow babies. And so I put up an excerpt about the piece that I did just with some quotes and talking about rainbow babies and miscarriage. And so that she liked it on Instagram and shared it. I love, I love the support. 
I don't know if I, I told you we that. I feel like I did. <laughs> yes. And then shared that she also had an experience with rainbow babies. And we were like, oh, we should talk about this. We should talk about it. And we like to talk. So why not talk about that? I think so. I think it's such an important topic. I'm really happy that it's getting more coverage lately, you know, because it used to be something that we didn't talk about. But let's just start with talking about, everyone hears me talk about my journey to motherhood. Let's talk about your journey to motherhood. So how, what has your experience with motherhood been? Can you talk about, you know, the first time you found out you were pregnant and then subsequent pregnancies? Yes. So I have been a mother for 17, almost 18 years. Mm, my oldest child will turn 18 at the end of September. And oh my goodness, honestly, I'm kind of losing my stuff about it. Um, I love her so much. And it makes me realize that we have grown up together over the past 18 years. Okay. Um, I was a 17 year old mom. Mm -hmm. And I gave birth to her my senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, and she was five months old at my high school graduation. Subsequently, I started college in the fall. And I just had a lot of love and support around me. Mm -hmm. But hearing a physician tell me that I was pregnant at 16, um, that was very that was shocking. <laughs> it was very shocking um, for me, but I had a very, um, a moment of solitude that awakened a woman in me that said, mm. it's time to step into this role. You've got this. You can do anything that you put your mind to. And this child is counting on you. And that you felt the second they told you that you were pregnant or did that take after, some time? That was after the freak out. That was after the freak out. <laughs> okay. After I have to tell my mom. That yeah. Was what was that like? Oh, telling my mom. I think it's uh, probably a slightly traumatic experience. So I probably have suppressed that memory. <laughs> That's <laughs> understandable. Um, but ultimately she and I have come so full circle on motherhood, our friendship, mm -hmm. um, her support throughout becoming a mom. And she's just seen me blossom. Now I'm a mom of four and she loves being a grandmother. As you can imagine, being a single teen mom and undergrad isn't easy. And there are a lot of things to navigate. I mean, I think about an undergrad, how I was just trying to like make sure I got to my classes on time, that I had my materials, that I was prepared and passing tests. So imagine being a single mom dating and navigating all of that with a small child. So here she's going to talk a little bit more about that experience. After Aaliyah um, went to college, and, you know, sometimes those first young love relationships fizzle out. That's what mm -hmm. happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I found my now boo thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> boo thing bae uh, <laughs> slash husband um, slash friend with benefits, you know, like. Uh -huh. field. He's your lover. Like, yes. yes he's I lover. like that word. <laughs> <laughs> and um so he and I actually started dating in undergrad my sophomore year. Really? So that's where you met? So that's where we met. Okay. Um, and the 
another situation had already fizzled out and and we we parted ways and you know got our lessons in co-parenting mm-hmm. um as well as legal drama uh so you don't realize as a 17 year old that you can have legal drama because of you know, teen pregnancy and right. sex. Because those are grown people things that you're not thinking about when you're, <laughs> when you're not grown. I'm thinking about prom. Like, <laughs> so what was it like having a small child and being an undergrad? Like, what was that experience like? Oh my gosh. Having a small child and being an undergrad. Because I know what my undergrad was like. And I know what my after undergrad was like. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't I know that. Yours, I bet yours was a whole lot more lit than mine. Um, not Probably not as, as much as it should have been. College was very lit, but I was like the micro lit person. So I went to a few parties here and there. Um, there was a time when, or there were many times when I had to take her to class with me mm-hmm. because missed like mm. the cutoff window at her daycare. They had these crazy rules about she has to be here at nine o'clock. And if we were the least bit late, doors were locked, not taking your child today. So that's a lot, right? And my next question was really, so how did you manage to do it all? Everyone was very supportive. They wanted to see me win. They wanted to see me thrive. That's awesome. And, um, without that type of support, though, mm-hmm. you can easily fall into a, well, I can't do it because I have a kid. Right. I never had that mindset of, I can't go to college because I have a kid. I can't finish That's school because awesome. I have a kid. Because you, you had support. I have a kid. I knew I was going to have support, but come hell or high water, I was going to succeed. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you're 30. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are 35. It doesn't matter if you are 25. You can still have determination to finish, to thrive, to lead, to, to jump off and start that business. You can do it. And I just have to pause here because I love that she said this. I love a message of perseverance. Things in life will happen. Things that don't fit into our plans. Things that we couldn't anticipate. And sometimes we tell ourselves that now it's impossible. We tell ourselves that now it's too difficult. When the truth is, we are only limiting ourselves. Remember, everything is possible. And so you had Aaliyah mm-hmm. and then what did you, what happened in your motherhood journey next? So in my motherhood journey, about four years later, mm-hmm. there came Brendan. So I loved that age gap between my two older children because she had a sense of independence. Mm-hmm. She could articulate what she needed. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be a helper. Mm-hmm. She also had kind of her own personality, her own lane, um, the things that were for Aaliyah. School was for Aaliyah. Pre-K, mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about going to kindergarten and I'm excited about my baby brother. And she, she could be excited because she, she had her excited. own thing going on. She had her own thing going on. <laughs> and uh-huh. they both got to be babies by themselves. Yeah. Um, the second set of kids, which we call our 2.0 kids, um, <laughs> they are completely different. So how old are they? 
They are five and three. Okay. So we have quite the gap our, between our five-year-old and our 13-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Um, their worlds are completely different. Her world looks like slime and um, and <laughs> and and art and princess dresses and his world looks like video games. And I love to have these conversations with other moms because you find that you actually have a lot of similar experiences with your children, even if they're not necessarily the same age. And so I wanted to get to one of the things that we teased about just our shared experience about rainbow babies and our history of pregnancy loss. So where does your rainbow baby experience fall in that? Thank you for asking. Um, So my husband and I, who we were, we were already married at that point. Boothang Bay. Boothang Bay, the guy, (laughs) the man behind the bumps. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. When um, Brendan was a year old, my husband came home for a Christmas visit, Christmas to New Year's, mm-hmm. and received. I had no idea. So I remember having consistent spotting happening after my period. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? What is going on? Something mm-hmm. isn't right. And I have to interject here because yes, it is very common to have some spotting around the time you expect your period. And that's typically known as implantation bleeding. But usually that bleeding only occurs for a couple of days. Sometimes you can have some additional spotting, um, but it's not always normal. So let's keep going. This is not normal, but I I can't remember if I was fully in denial or if I did suspect that I might have been pregnant. I bet you suspected, but you were like 90%. I was definitely in denial. I was like, I have a one-year-old. That's very common. (laughs) One-year-old, I don't want to be pregnant. Um, So I remember after he left and we got back into a routine And I was like, you know, this has been going on long enough. Let's Mm -hmm. see if we can resolve this. I actually went to um, the ER after Mm -hmm. work because it seemed like it was getting a little bit heavier. Were you having any pain or just bleeding? It was just bleeding. There was pain. Um, And so I, you know, went into the ER. Oh, well, I feel okay. I'm just having this random bleeding. Surprise! You're (laughs) pregnant! (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. So at that point, my husband and I, I was 20. He was probably 22-ish. Okay. And um, he was in San Diego and I said, honey, (laughs) you left something here (laughs) for Christmas. Um, And at that point, we were like, oh, well, I'm going to get my tubes tied after this baby. He's going to, we're both going to be on the table getting fixed together. You know, we cracked all kinds of jokes about uh-huh. this is the third baby. I'm good after this. Yeah. And um, then I had the follow-up appointment. And this is so true. The second you find out you're pregnant, you start planning. You're thinking about when the baby's coming, what's going to be happening then, what you're going to need to do to get ready for that. Do you need to get a different car? Do you need to get a different house? What are you going to name the baby? So all of those things kind of 
click as soon as you find out you're pregnant, which is exactly what makes a loss so devastating. I saw my doctor and what she said was um, that she's going to send me for another ultrasound because it was maybe about two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, the spotting cleared up for some reason I don't know maybe that was just oh we need you to check on this Mm -hmm. we need you to check on this and after you're done checking on this you'll be fine Um, so I went to that ultrasound appointment and they saw nothing Mm -hmm. to my OB and she said well we think that you probably have already miscarried your blood work is conducive with that so we're we're gonna go with that Okay. Um, obviously I was crushed. Right. We'd spent a week, week and a half, two weeks, um, getting excited, thinking mm-hmm. about names, mm-hmm. talking about the connection that all of them would have together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the wind gets knocked out of your sails. Mm-hmm. And then that's all you can think about. There was a little bit of a relief, but only because we were not all united. We had this big cross-country move that was going to have to happen. In my mind, the miscarriage already happened. Mm -hmm. Because they told you that it- Because they told me. They told me it happened. So you came to terms with it and- I came to terms with it. We still, uh, the kids and I flew out to California um we furnished our home we got our son's first haircut and (laughs) then I came back home Mm -hmm. and one night I was just chatting with a friend on the phone when I felt this pop in my abdomen Mm. um and then all of a sudden I felt lightheaded Mm. I was going to call her back Mm -hmm. my mom my mom lived very close by and I unlocked my door, but I only had the strength to just like lay on the floor. Hmm. She called 911. And um, I don't remember anything after that. Okay. I remember waking up in the hospital. Um, I remember getting a call from my husband that he was on the way. Mm-hmm. And the next time I spoke with my doctor, she told me that I'd lost a fallopian tube because of an ectopic pregnancy. An ectopic pregnancy is something that you might have heard more about recently in the news as we have these conversations about reproductive rights and reproductive justice. It's essentially a pregnancy that occurs outside of the uterus, and it happens in about 2% of all reported pregnancies, possibly even more than that. It is an obstetrical emergency. The most common place that an ectopic pregnancy implants is in the fallopian tube. That's about 90% of cases, but it can rupture and cause a lot of bleeding. And it accounted for about 2.7%, almost 3% of all pregnancy related deaths in 2011 to 2013. So As you continue to listen, I want you to think about that. You know, this is something that we need to, as OBGYNs, identify and act on quickly because our patients' lives depend on it. Unconscious. Oh my goodness. Other people had to consent for me to Mm. have this treatment, this Mm -hmm. life-saving treatment, because Mm -hmm. 
I had internal bleeding. Mm-hmm. I had a third of my body's blood volume in my abdomen from mm. an pregnant and then ectopic pregnancy that burst at the fallopian tube. That was a lot to process. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like, so, they, so you wake up and they're like, hey, you've had surgery and this and that, and you're in the hospital. Like, what do you, what are you even thinking? Do you remember what you were thinking in that moment? I was thinking about the children that I got to be alive for. Hmm. I was thankful that my mom was able to get to me. Yeah. I was thankful that, um, I was thankful that they were able to perform the surgery mm-hmm. and I had to get some blood, um, mm-hmm. as far as a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was flabbergasted that I was still pregnant. So after all of that experience, she awakes with an attitude of gratitude. That is amazing. And I guess that makes sense, right? Like when you find out that you could have almost died, you are that much more grateful for the life that you have. It was a lot, especially at such a young age. Right. You said you're like 21 at this point? 22 at this point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd already carried two healthy but Mm -hmm. mature babies healthy but premature and I remember having so much fear afterwards mm-hmm. that I did not want to even consider having more children what were you afraid of um I was afraid of having another ectopic pregnancy I was afraid that I could not get pregnant on my own mm-hmm. I was afraid that having one fallopian tube meant that you know I wouldn't ovulate on a regular basis to be mm-hmm. able to um, conceive mm-hmm. and that I would have complicated pregnancies. Mm-hmm. And you had already had I'd already complicated had pregnancies. Complicated pregnancies. Um, but to be honest, as much as I told the physician from my second pregnancy, hey, I had my daughter at 30 weeks oh, you're going to be fine. No worries. Like, you know, we're just going to see what happens. And um, lo and behold, at 30 weeks, my body tried to start the labor process to evacuate the baby. We're going to evacuate him. He's With fine. baby number two. This yeah. is baby number two. And yeah. um, so he, we were able to keep him in for about another two weeks. All of this, and she is still in her early 20s. So remember, she was an undergrad still trying to work on her education. At this time in my educational journey, I was trying to like get out to California so that I could go to film school. I was already mm. accepted to the Art Institute of Santa Monica. Mm. I was like trying to just be career driven. Yeah. Um, by this time, some of my peers had already finished undergrad and I'm like, right. I'm behind. I want to, I want to yeah. do that. I'm trying Which to now that. looking back, you're like, I was just 22. I was <laughs> but, just 22. But when you're in it, you feel, especially when everybody else at the same time is like continuing to progress and you feel like you're stagnant. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And it's so true. We often feel like we're behind and like we need to catch up. So 
I'm not surprised that she felt like that kind of going through all of this process at such a young age. So back to the rainbow baby. I ended up leaving my stressful said corporate job, Mm -hmm. corporate job. And um, this was on the journey to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And we conceived in December. I found out in January. And we have a a happy rainbow baby. (laughs) Well, how did you, so when you took that pregnancy test, Mm -hmm. how did you feel? Like, what were you thinking? I think getting pregnant after a loss is a whirlwind of emotions. Mm -hmm. You think a lot of what ifs, what Mm -hmm. if I lose this baby? What if, um, what if I need additional care? Mm-hmm. What if, um, what if I don't even make it to be the baby on the ultrasound? Mm-hmm. And moreover, we definitely had a lot of joy. We immediately shared with our kids mm-hmm. um, that they would be having a younger sibling. Okay, and we all rode that wave together. And this is how everybody's experience with a rainbow baby is unique. You feel a lot of different emotions. You might feel happy, but also sad. You might feel anxious and nervous, but also joyous. And some people tell everybody immediately again. And then some of us are a little scathed by the last experience. And we don't really tell anybody until we know for sure. In addition to having a supportive partner and supportive friends and family, it's also really important to have a healthcare provider that you feel good about and that you trust throughout the process. I had a very good care provider for that pregnancy and for both of my last pregnancies. I love that. Um, our, our initial appointment was not an examination. It was more like a consultation. Mm-hmm. So... I have your charts. I've read your history. This is the route I think we need to go. And we're going to partner with these doctors to make sure that that happens for you, that you bring your baby home. She told me about some advances in medicine. Mm-hmm. This Makina, which I'm sure you're familiar with, mm-hmm. um, Makina will help you and has helped other preterm mamas get to term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on Makina from 16 weeks until I had her at 35 weeks and six days. Mm, so you got five, almost five extra weeks. How many mm-hmm. extra weeks? Mm-hmm. I got almost five extra weeks. Makina is an injection, a shot of the hormone progesterone. Think progestation, and it helps to prolong pregnancies for patients who have a history of preterm labor. So keep listening as she kind of brings this all full circle with her experience of motherhood and how it influenced her business and affected her decision, or let me say impacted her decision regarding exactly how she would do her business. And I'm similar in that way, that my experience with motherhood and how I experienced motherhood also continues to influence my journey and my need and desire to have these conversations with you. She was born a healthy weight, six pounds and 11 ounces. Mm. And she was my chunky little breastfed baby. She latched right away. I love that. Camp. Um, and 
at this point, my husband and I had already decided for me to start my business. Okay. And so in that moment when she's on my chest and I have him over my shoulder, I wished that there was someone there to capture that moment. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, maybe birth photography will be for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't know. Well, no. So I was, I started six weeks later, my business. I'd had mm-hmm. it in my hand already for years, mm-hmm. but I started six weeks later, like literally right after, um, right after having her. Um, so six weeks, I did my full maternity leave because it's not like I was being paid from anybody. <laughs> October 6th, I kicked off my business with a model call and it's been full speed ever since. I remember my first maternity session. She just wore like this very casual dress and I put her in like a field of roses, but it was still like not what you see <laughs> on my website today. <laughs> So uh, we all start somewhere. We all start somewhere. (laughs) And I learned that um, I know how to document a family. So from the lifestyle perspective and the less posed perspective. um, And I did like working with moms who have a family. Mm -hmm. Um, But the high end, very polished, look, you know, makeup done, hair done, gorgeous flowing fabrics, those things, it took a while to evolve to that. Mm -hmm. We continue to develop our style. We continue to develop ourselves and our preferences and our tastes. That makes sense to me. Definitely. definitely. (laughs) So you had that experience with your third. And then when did you guys decide Cause I think the third last time you guys were like, oh, we gonna get snipped, we're done. Um, when did you decide for a fourth? <laughs> Cause I, I, I caught how you saying that, that. Really, I don't know how it came about that we did not take the opportunity <laughs> when it was there. But um, I remember having a different outlook and not allowing other people to force their opinions and outlooks on childbearing to me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I view our children and pregnancy and the ability to have a family, especially after our first experience with with loss, Mm -hmm. um, as beautiful. And I know you're probably thinking, wait, 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 that seems like that was cut off. And it was because we talked a whole lot more. So I thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to continue the conversation. You know, I usually like you to be more engaged when we are having a discussion about something, but hopefully you enjoyed something different and just being able to listen into this motherhood conversation. If you have thoughts, concerns, questions, things that you want to talk about, you know how to reach me. Dr. Hack at ladypartsdoctor.com. That's D-R-H-A-C-K at ladypartsdoctor.com. 
And also you can follow me on social media. My Instagram is at ladypartsdoc, ladypartsdoc. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on TikTok and all of the places. And also for our special guest today, you can find her website for Ambria Artistry at www.ambreiaartistry.com. You can also follow her on Instagram and her social media. She's at Ambria Artistry. I'm going to spell that for you again. A-M-B-R-E-I-A underscore artistry. Until next time. Mm-hmm.